welcome to the 1 160 of a second photography podcast. In today's episode, I'm talking with Jasmine, who is a makeup artist and does makeup for photo shoots. Jasmine, would you just mind sort of introducing yourself, please? Okay, yes, I'm a um, makeup artist, primarily based in Birmingham, also based in like the surrounding UK. So I do events, I do photo shoots. I do weddings, proms, all that kind of thing. I do the glamorous makeup, also do a bit of special effects and body painting, things like that, and avant-garde and wigs and just a bit of everything, really. And, yeah, for the past um, few years, I've been working across the UK doing things like that. So I've worked a lot in Birmingham, also Brighton, Chichester, places like that. And, yeah, it's been a really exciting, you know, interesting, varied job, really. It's been nice. Thank you. So is most of your makeup for photography or is it for anything else i've done a lot for photography lately ideally what i want to get into is film and tv so i've done one film did that with a really great team down in northampton and i'm hoping hoping to work with them again soon but yeah i have done a lot for photographers and with photography and it is just nice it's a very nice way to see your work afterwards working with someone who knows how to shoot it and how to make it look the way you've envisioned it i'm guessing the makeup you do is is linked to the theme of the photo shoot yes always which is really interesting you can have i mean for example i had a booking yesterday and it's for models it's very natural makeup because it's a product advertisement shoot ideally so you do get some you just want it very laid back very high fashion you know just natural glowy skin that kind of thing but you also get some i mean i did a shoot last year which was like a dark angel theme so you had like the black feathers you had gold body paint all sorts of things like that so it varies so much from shoot to shoot you can do something so laid back to something with massive amounts of adornments and paint and all sorts of things like that and anywhere in between really i've done one shoot with a makeup artist and it was a very quick shoot and i've been involved as an assistant assisting a second shoot where there was a makeup artist and for me i i think it it would using a makeup artist just reduced the amount of editing i needed to do it sort of gave a a better finish but i guess from a model's point of view they might say well i can do my makeup to a high standard so what does bringing a makeup artist or a hairstylist or anything else what does bringing those people to a shoot help with i think sometimes although it's great to do makeup to a high standard it's also about being able to professionally bring that creative element you know like you can use makeup to make people feel a certain way it's very emotive you can create a character within the makeup really and if if it is a specific shoot that needs a specific kind of feeling, a specific kind of emotion behind the pictures, it can be a really good way to get that model into that mindset and to give her that confidence. And it really can completely change the vibe and the energy of the shoot. You, you've talked a little bit about some of the shoots you've been on. Um, can you talk any more about the different types of photography shoots you've been involved with? Well, I've done a lot of studio shoots, obviously, which have been wonderful. I've also done location shoots, and those are always really fun. I've done some in like woodland areas. I've done some on set and all sorts of different scenarios where you never really know what's going to happen which is very exciting and um, yeah I've done a bit with which has involved videographers as well and that's always lovely um, you know just to be able to see a video at the end of the course of the day and the course of how things have developed and then to see the end result is just a really really lovely way to be able to look at things well you need quite a bit of time 
but I guess you're also time limited particularly if you're say in a location shoot or the photographer's hiring the studio for a certain amount of time how how do you balance that how do you balance making a high performance output against the time constraints and, and getting to shoot at a certain time I would definitely say planning it's it's all about planning you know if you ask whoever's hiring you beforehand how long you have when you're asking them what they want because you can always plan something big and elaborate but there's a lot of tips and tricks and things like that that you can say okay so I've only got half an hour so if I prepare this first then all I need to do is this when I'm there a lot of planning you know or if someone says oh you know you've got all the time in the world which you know very rarely happens but occasionally then um then you can go like oh I can do this and this and this and you can really go all out but if you do have a time to constraint it doesn't mean you can't do something brilliant with it you can it's just about planning maybe doing some of the work beforehand slightly just to give yourself that time when you're there just so it's a bit quicker and easier so let's say you were doing a makeup shoot with me and and I booked a model um, we were going to go on location what information would you need from me and what sort of questions would you ask me normally the first thing I ask is for a mood board or you know just pictures ideas of what you want just because I find you know obviously you can say to me I want this and this but pictures just help to really make sure we're seeing the same vision before a shoot because you don't want to go oh they've said avant-garde smoky eye this is what I've got in my head and then to do it and look at each other and realize that's what not what I envisioned so mood boards are really really vital just to make sure you're as much on the same page as possible also I do ask about timing about location number of models obviously you know health and safety questions like allergies and things like that are important a lot of the time I will ask to get in touch with the models because that's also a great way to plan even if I'm getting in touch with you as a photographer just to get in touch with the models and say oh so you know what kind of thing are you comfortable with just to make sure they're happy just to make sure they're on board you know make sure if there's any products they prefer over other products for example you know you could have a client who's um vegan so that again would completely change your product based if that makes sense you know so yeah things like that and you know obviously location so I can plan out timing and yeah that kind of thing really so what do you do with someone like me who would just say I just want good makeup uh, which is completely vague what would you do with someone like that in that case I would make a mood board I'd make a slightly varied mood board of very natural sort of from what you mentioned before kind of skin correcting makeup where there's not too much editing involved afterward but the model still looks like herself so I think I'd make a mood board with very natural makeup like that and maybe with makeup that's natural but slightly built upon that way you've got a range of options and that way I could send that to you and say okay this is some of the ideas I have in mind could you maybe like pick your top three for example of you know or an image that you particularly love and would like me to work from that way even if you've said oh just natural makeup we've still got it down to a very specific idea you need a bit of preparation I'm guessing as a makeup artist you need to know what the look is and, and what to bring and stuff and really I suppose before that you need to get out of the photographer exactly what's required I'm guessing yeah I mean it does help I mean obviously once you're down on set I can still be doing the makeup and you know it's important to communicate constantly whilst you're doing the makeup be like oh I've just done this eye look how do you feel and that way you know the photographer can go oh I love this 
but I'm not a fan of the shape or something like this. And also, you know, to do photos as you go along, you can, you know, say, okay, I've only done the um, eye makeup, but if we take a photo of it now professionally, we can see how it looks against the backdrop, the lighting, etc. So, you know, even whilst you're there, you know, you can always adjust things, but it just helps. It helps with anything. I mean, I'm sure with photography, you have to plan it. It just makes the shoot go so much more smoothly whilst you're there if you plan beforehand. Equally, even if you do turn up and it's a little bit more experimental or a little bit, you know, then equally that's fine too. It's completely the way you work it, really. So how easy is it to accommodate a photographer's change on set? Um, I find creatively it's not too difficult. I think as a creative person, I move quite well with change. But it's very much have a very kit. That's always important. You know, anything could happen and anything could change. But as long as you can say, okay, that's fine. I've got this my kit. I can do it. Or, you know what, I brought this along and that would be great. You know, it's not just about the makeup. You know, bring a small pair of scissors. Bring adornments, even if you don't need adornments because you never know where the shoot's going. They might need them, you know. And, um, you know, and hair kits and just little things like pins and, you know, maybe some glue and stuff like that just so no matter what changes happen you can go actually I've got this and you know what we could do something really amazing with it and that way it works it's just to you know let your creativity flow and if you let that happen then you can really tackle any change and make it into something really artistic and wonderful yeah so the obvious thing with makeup is is beauty and and fashion but there's also other elements to um, makeup horror there's sort of effects there's other mm. things but where does most of the demand lie is it with sort of the beauty aspects of work there is a lot of beauty there is I think it depends on which kind of community if it were that you're looking at if you look at obviously the fashion community if you go for you know fashion shoots obviously you will get more fashion but then you do get a lot of models that do want more special effects and body painting. Body painting is becoming increasingly popular within fashion. I found that. But no, I feel like there is lots of demand for every equal part of artistry. It's just very much within which community you're looking in. So obviously if you go to film, they will want a lot less beauty and fashion. They'll want some, definitely. But it will, a lot of the time, be a bit more about the special effects and things like that you know with a little bit of beauty and natural makeup just to go for certain parts of certain scenes yeah I think there's a demand for everything really it's more which community which area of the industry you're looking so when you're with a photographer once you've done the makeup is your job done or is there more to it oh no definitely not I mean I always stay along for touch-ups and things like that I, I like to watch this shoot because I guess it is your work and you know you like to see what's going on and you like to see how it looks you know or to perhaps say oh I love this but do you mind just doing a little close-up shot for me or something like that or oh could we try this with lighting and things like that just to sort of be involved in the whole process and just to, to see the end result it's really lovely and just to be there because it's such a fun atmosphere to be in you know a load of creatives together and just to watch the end result I feel like if I did the makeup and packed up my bags a I'd be terrified if like you know the model's lipstick came up and I wasn't there to touch it up but also I feel like I'd be missing out on a very creative and 
fun experience you know it's just it's nice to see the whole um i guess maybe lifespan would you call it a lifespan because you know makeup so temporary but the whole you know that of your makeup play out to see how it goes with the shoot you've been around photographers and you've been on set for maybe quite some time if you stay to the end of the shoot what sort of things have you picked up that photographers do to really elevate their shoots i guess lighting and backdrop is a big one you know a lot of photographers really know how to make the most of a certain lighting you know you'll look at your makeup and you'll be like oh that looks lovely like that and then the photographer can take it and they can add like depth they can add you know kind of drama to it if they want to and completely change it or i think again like a makeup artist it's very much what a photographer has in their kit as well creatively you know you know you can have photographers who are like oh i've got this kind of lighting or i've got this backdrop and this would be amazing and it can completely change the portrayal of a look and just turn it into something brilliant and you know really pull it in different directions you know it's not just about a photo it's very much how you take it what you take it with and what that tells whoever's going to see the photo afterwards you know you can go in so many creative directions with it and it's really lovely to see what another creative would do with the makeup you've produced you've touched on this earlier when you said you mentioned oh you might ask for a certain shot you are a makeup artist but you need photos to get an awareness out to sort of sell your service to show what you can do so how do you develop your portfolio is it you ask the photographer for copies of the shoot you ask the photographer for special things you say can can i have a close-up of that how, how do you start to build or how would a makeup artist build their portfolio i started off doing tfp shoots so tfp the whole idea is it's time for photographs so you get all the photographs back and then you know further on when i moved away from tfp and more into just dominant you know just just make it work as it were it's very important to have an agreement with the photographer beforehand just to understand where you you stand like okay so are you happy for me to have a small selection of the photos or maybe all of them just for my portfolio and more often than not you know a photographer wants their work to be out and about and seen just as much as you want yours out so they'll be fine with it but it is very important just to have that understanding like you know, even to have a contract really just to say, okay, after the shoot, do you mind if I take your photo and put it on my social media, my Facebook, business cards, whatever, you know, just to make sure you're on the same page because it is their photo just as much as it's your makeup. And yeah, I guess within the shoot, I guess, you know, obviously I do use the overall photos from the shoot because it is lovely to see the overall final image. But as in invasively as possible it is nice just to say oh would you mind getting a photo just a close-up at this angle just because i really want to show off this detail of the makeup or also i really i love it i love getting professionally taken behind the scenes photos that's something i really love and it's really lovely if a photographer will see you touching something up and you'll notice they'll sort of take a few photos and you're like that's great because i think currently there's a big target audience really for behind the scenes kind of thing people love vlogs and people love seeing not just the final image but how things are done at the moment so to have little images of you say curling hair or touching up lipstick or applying eye makeup you know it is just a lovely thing to add to your portfolio also just for some authenticity in a way just to prove you know i am posting these photos and it is me you know because you know ideally you know you could be getting those photos from anywhere really and i think it's nice definitely for potential employers they also get to see 
how you work and how you work professionally you know to see oh yeah you know what she's doing looks very professional and I like the final image and it's just yeah I feel like there is a greater target market at the moment in the whole kind of progression of things and people wanting to see how creative people create things more than they did in the past. So you've identified really that the the two key outputs for you are the images from the shoot but also BTS because BTS is a whole whole other world of of outputs for you and and makeup artists in general. Yeah, definitely. It's also a lovely little learning opportunity occasionally. It's very nice to look and be like, you know, you do as an artist, you look at something you do and you criticize it naturally. So it's obviously, oh, I love the way I've done that, but why was I doing it like that? And it's a good way also to develop as an artist because when you're doing the makeup, you know, you're doing it, you're focused, you're working on an end goal, you're not looking at how you're doing it. So it's very lovely just to look back and say, oh, I love that, but I'd like to change that. That's a good opportunity, yeah. So what type of makeup works really well on a photo shoot, Jasmine? I guess the important part is to always bear in mind how it translates to the camera. So if you're shooting close up, go as intricate, go into the little details as much as you want, because that's very beautiful and there is something very skilled and lovely about that. But I think it's very important to consider how the makeup's going to be seen before you create it. So if it's going to be a close-up image, it's lovely to do something small and detailed and intricate because there's something very beautiful about that. But if it's going to be seen from a distance, you've got to make sure that it translates to the camera. You've got to make sure that it can be seen. You don't want to do this all this work and for people not to be able to see it. So sometimes it is useful to go for something a bit bolder, a bit more defined, something that from a distance can be picked up. And also to make sure that you're picking colours that work with the lighting you're using, you know? If you're using a very bright light, maybe don't use light colours because they can run the risk of being bleached out. Obviously, you can have light colours and them still be picked up. It's very dependent on the lighting, but you do need to consider what's going to be bleached out, what's going to be picked up, and primarily just what translates to the camera, not what translates to what you're seeing. So you need essentially to have an understanding of what lighting is going to be used, how it's going to be used, a bit about the background. You need a, a, to give consideration to how things are going to be shot to really help with your makeup, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, to put it simply, it's kind of like if I was doing the blue background, maybe I wouldn't do a red lip. I'd know that clashed. Um, you know, like I said, if it's light makeup and light lighting, you run the risk of not seeing it. So you've got to consider that. And the same for dark makeup, you know, if it's a dark background, maybe go with something a bit brighter. And it's just little things like that to consider just to make sure that, you know, you want your work to be seen at the end of the day. You don't want to get these images back and think, oh, my makeup looks lovely, but it clashes with the background or oh, that looks great, but you can't see it as much as you would have if I'd have done that. And it's just it's just very important to make sure you know all the variables of the shoot before you start the makeup so that you can make the most of it for yourself as much as for the rest of the team. Now, do you need to know the skin tone of, of the model? Um, because I'm guessing you would do different makeup for a dark skin model to um, an olive skin model to a light skin model. Yeah, definitely. I mean, what I make sure to do is always have products in my kit that cover all skin tones so no matter who I meet then you know I'm prepared really and I think if you've got a basic look in your mind have that look 
you know what you're doing and then make sure you've got the products within your kit so that you can change it subtly so different foundations maybe okay you're going for maybe a bronzy eyeshadow but have one bronzy eyeshadow that would show well on fair skin another one that's slightly different so it works with olive skin and another one that's slightly different so it works on dark skin because I think different colours do show up differently on skin and sometimes it can just be a matter of changing shades slightly or pigmentations and things like that so as long as you've got a look in mind and a wide shade and product variation in your kit before you get on set then you should be fine to adapt it to really anyone How do you make sure you don't bring attention to the wrong thing? Is there a danger that the makeup will stand out more than the product or the model or the dress? So makeup can really influence and change the shoot because it can just give that model, you know, a sharper look, a clearer focus. You know, she may have a great look before. For example, if I'm doing a product shoot, you can really bring out the product and sell the product more with the right makeup. You know, if you look at the product and go, this dress is lovely and I love the jewel colours it's got in it, let's do some jewel colours in the makeup and instantly you're making that product pop and you're making that sell and for, you know, the target audience, so for example, you know, anyone looking to buy that outfit, you're suddenly making that image more memorable and I think sometimes the right makeup can make a look more memorable and you've really got to look at what the makeup's for. Is the makeup for the makeup? Is it a shoot where the makeup is the main focus or is the makeup to complement another element of the shoot such as the hair or the dress or the model herself? So yeah, you've really got to look at complementing and how you bring that out and how you make it more noticeable and how in the final images you just make everything that little bit more focused and visible. And I guess deciding on that balance comes down to the photographer or the art director or whoever has the ultimate say, perhaps even the client at the end of the day. Definitely. That's something you've got to bear in mind. You've got to make sure you're not doing makeup that overpowers something. You know, if it's a product shoot, you don't want people to be ignoring the product because you've done very vibrant, very loud makeup and that's all they can look at. You've got to make sure there's a balance. You've got to say, okay, I'll take this and I'll use this colour, but I'll only use it this much. You know, you've just got to look at what complements the outfit as opposed to what overpowers it. You know, almost like if you were picking a pair of shoes to go with something or a bag or jewellery, you'd look at something that complemented it, not that stole the show. And sometimes you have to do that with makeup, you know. Sometimes it's a case of less is more or what brings it out as opposed to what overpowers it. I think it's just important to constantly share your ideas with the rest of the team. Constantly, you know, if there's no one about, just pop into another room and just say, oh, hi, I've just done this lip colour. I'm happy with it. But before I go any further, I want to check you're happy with it too. And to do that throughout the look, you know, a lot of other professionals will appreciate that really. They'll appreciate you asking and taking the time just to make sure the look's exactly as they want it because it's easier to do that as you're going along than to do a full face and say okay here's everything what do you think and then to go oh lovely but change that and change that and change that and then you're adding perhaps another half an hour on you know whereas if you just do it as you go along it's so much quicker so much easier just to make things perfect and I think you know my goal really is to make sure that everything 
I do is perfect by the time it hits the set or, you know, goes behind the camera, everything like that. From your perspective, where do you get most images for your portfolio? Do they come mostly from TFP shoots that you've done or do you get an equal number from paid shoots? I think it's more of a transgression at the moment. I think at the beginning of my career, it would have been all TFP because obviously when you're starting out, you you know, when you apply to jobs, you have to apply with your experience. So if you've got less experience, it is harder. So I think if you were to look at my portfolio, you could almost draw a line, almost, between the TFP aspect when I was starting out to the paid jobs that I'm doing later into my career, if that makes sense. Because once you've got TFP, it's so much easier to get work, so much easier to go, okay, here's my portfolio. I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. And, you know, it's it's a lot easier to get paid work that way. So, yeah, I think it's more of a gradual progression. It's more TFP work in the beginning through to paid work. And then, you know, occasionally with TFP work dotted about because it is very much if I see something that looks just so exciting and amazing and I haven't got this in my portfolio, then, you know, absolutely I'll go for it, you know. So it's yeah, it's more of a transgression really with a little bit of TFP dotted about. <laughs> so does that mean that once you start picking up more commercial gigs and opportunities that you shelve your early TFP work from your portfolio? Everything is always important, you know, all the work you've always created, it's always important to show all of that off as long as it's to a standard you like. Obviously, if you look back and go, I love that image then, but it's not showing off the skills I want it to show off now, then that's fine. But no, it's always, always good to keep things relevant. Always good to say, you know, you know, throwbacks, do throwbacks, throwbacks are great. And just, you know, all your work is important, whatever stage of your career it was in. So it's always good to, you know, show it off and put it out there and keep it relevant because it's all art at the end of the day. How do you achieve a vision on a shoot? How do you help a photographer achieve his vision? So I suppose if someone came up to me, oh, I want to do this shoot, I want this theme, I want this kind of end result. As, as I said earlier, mood boards are key to come up with ideas. And also I think for a makeup artist, it's useful to add product knowledge into that. So if you have a mood board, if you have a plan to start off with, and then as a makeup artist, you can go, oh, you might not have known, but there's this great product and I think this would really suit, or I've got this amazing adornment. And if we added that, that would just elevate the whole look. And I think just to take an idea and to build on it, to add your knowledge of makeup and combine that with a knowledge of photography, just to see how much you can build the look to get it as professional and impressive as possible. So I'm not a full-time photographer. In fact, I'm not even a part-time photographer. I don't earn my living from photography. I, I do it as a hobby and I do this podcast and, and the other things I do related to photography as a hobby. So it's really quite easy for me to achieve my vision because I'm not doing it for anyone else. So if I, I might put a casting out and models will apply for my casting for, for my vision. Or if I'm responding to someone else's casting, even though it's their casting, it's going to be generally my vision because I'm the photographer. We might talk about a few bits and bobs, but it probably more than 75% the, the way I see things because, again, I'm the photographer. So it must be quite difficult as a makeup artist when you want to achieve your vision, if you have something really specific you want to 
have or do or a look you really really want to get how do you go about achieving your vision i guess in a similar way to the way you would i'd put out a casting or obviously i have contacts such as photographers and i know their different styles so sometimes you'd say oh this style of photography would be great for this or oh this person's style would be great so sometimes i would ask specifically people i know or sometimes i'd put out a casting and you know it's just very important just to communicate your vision the way you would with yours to say that this is what i want to do this is the idea this is the kind of person i'm looking for this is the kind of team i want to build and just to go from there to build it and yeah i think it's a very similar method to the method you'd use really just it's it's all about bringing the right people together and as long as there's a vision that everybody loves it should generally go very smoothly i guess so how do you work with models and are there any disagreements? Models say, oh, I don't want this, this is terrible. I'm, I'm not implying in, in any stretch of the imagination that your makeup is terrible, but do you find models want to quite strongly give their input or are they quite passive and just let you put on whatever makeup and whatever style you want? I've been quite lucky. A lot of the models I've worked with have been really lovely people and a lot of them have been quite relaxed and quite, you know, happy to just kind of enjoy having their makeup done and enjoy having that bit of downtime. And I think a lot of the time with models, if you're working on a shoot, a lot of the time it is a creative director or somebody who's planned the look. So, you know, a lot of the time they can be very helpful, actually, you know, saying things like, oh, just to let you know this works well with my skin or just to let you know this product works better. Because obviously, you know, you only know yourself as well as you do. So they know what works for them and they can give me little bits of tips and little bits of input and help just on personal things like oh I've got this skin type so maybe use this kind of foundation and things like that but generally no they're very laid back and very happy to go with whatever the theme of the shoot is whatever the creative director's planned and yeah generally I found that they're very lovely and very relaxed and just happy to, with looks but at the same time I do I love to you know communicate and collaborate with whoever I'm working with because I think a vision should be created by an entire team whenever possible, you know? Kind of it takes a village, I guess. And I I love to see a model's input as well. If a model says to me, oh, I love this, but I think this could really suit my bone structure or my eyes or something like that, then I'm more than happy to take that on board and to see where that goes. Cause nine times out of the 10, the model knows her face best, you know? And chances are it will be something that will make the look just, you know, really great so sometimes on a photography shoot or working with someone it, it can all go wrong you can be in the middle of a field it can rain the lighting can be too harsh and generally i'm i'm able to work around these things and, and find solutions but where can it go wrong from a makeup point of view and what do you do when it does mm, well definitely rain is is not a friend of makeup <laughs> definitely not i do like to plan before shoot that even if we're shooting outside, that we have somewhere indoors to do the makeup. For example, I was shooting a woodland shoot in Birmingham uh, several months back. And, you know, obviously the shoot was planned in the woodland. But if I was to say, oh, yeah, let's do makeup in the woodland, it could rain, it could be windy, we could be blasted by leaves, or best case scenario, it's England, we'd just be freezing. So, you know, it was very much, okay, if we do this woodland scene, that's great but can we find somewhere indoors locally to do the makeup? And I found a lovely cafe 
and they were super nice you know we bought a couple of cups of coffee and that kind of thing and they did just let us set up on one of their sofas and do the makeup at this cafe and we met some lovely people whilst we were there it's actually really interesting doing makeup in public because you do get people suddenly go oh what are you doing oh what's going on you know i met this one guy and he turns around to me and he goes I'm an actor and at first I thought oh you're you know you're pulling my leg kind of thing like you know because I'm a makeup artist and turns out he generally was this actor who'd done various things with the BBC and it was just really cool you know suddenly we're in this cafe and we're all talking creatively about art and stuff and it was just lovely so yeah I think sometimes always do makeup indoors if you can that's my advice try not to do it outside because I think definitely in this country, with this climate, there's just too many variables that can go wrong. So if you know you're shooting outside later in the day, you can always ask the photographer, the organiser, or even just find a place yourself where you can say, okay, but we'll meet here, we'll do the makeup, and then we'll go to the decided location for the shoot. I've got to say that's such a good tip to get somewhere like a local cafe or a little location near to where you're going to be shooting. That's such a good idea. So well done on that. This podcast is probably listened to by, not exclusively, but probably listened to by the majority of people being photographers. So if we've got a photographer who's a listener and he's thinking, oh, I'm going to do a makeup shoot. This sounds really good. How would they go about booking a makeup artist? Um, A lot of makeup artists have social media. So always check social media, especially locally to use, see who is about as a makeup artist you know facebook instagram all that kind of thing if you search for makeup artists near you you will get a lot of responses i'm in a lot of groups so obviously i'm on purple port star now things like that but it's also important you know you get facebook groups you know photographers and makeup artists and meetups and things like that and just to join groups because there are so many you know with technology these days there's so many groups and forums where creative people you know are there you know, to post their own jobs and also to reply to yours. So yeah, just make sure you're in like groups local to your area. And then if you are, and if you've got a job, it's very easy to say, oh, for example, you know, I need a model who is Birmingham local for like next Tuesday. And if you're in a group like that, it's very easy to find like-minded people who want to help you out. Very good ideas. Now we're coming to the end of the podcast episode and it's been a really interesting episode so thank you so much jasmine but where can people find your work online my instagram's jasmine underscore elizabeth underscore mua my facebook's all in the same if you google that you should find all of my work so thank you very much for listening to the one 160 of a second photography podcast i'd like to thank our guest today jasmine hey well this has been a really fun podcast so thank you been really fun and hopefully this has maybe inspired you to use a makeup artist in one of your shoots do reach out and let me know if that's been the case thank you goodbye